didn't see the sign, uh, that's what's on it. How many eye rolls do you think we got for what's up there? How many of you rolled your eyes? To proclaim to the world that there's only one church and that's who will live with God for eternity? Are you up for it? Can you do it? Or do you think that's overzealous? Does, does this embarrass you? Do you understand the need for zeal? You understand it? Our ancestors did. Our biblical ancestors, the Israelites, for all of their faults, and they had lots of faults, for all of their faults, man, they were at times some of the best examples for zeal after they returned from captivity and were, were rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem to defend against enemies and, and rebuild the city and ultimately the temple of God. That's what, they were, that's what they were shooting for. They worked and they fought at the same time. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 21 says, So we labored in the work and half of the men held spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. appeared. They had a zeal to do the work. Our spiritual ancestor David we know him as a king. We know him as a, as a prophet. He said in Psalm 119, verse 33, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statues, and I shall keep it to the end. Do you have that much zeal? Do we have such zeal to get the truth of God's Word out to our friends and our family? Or are we, or are we afraid of being labeled a Bible thumper or a Jesus freak? Will you embrace a zeal for God that Isaiah, like Isaiah, let me read Isaiah. Isaiah cried, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. Are you a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, or have you put your light under a bushel basket? Where's your zeal for God? Here's biblical advice for all of us here today, Christians and non-Christians. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Is there anything that you can do to put your hand to here at Fountainhead to build this church up? Is there anything that you can do with all your might here? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. Since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Is there any way that you personally can build up the church? Do you have a zeal to do that? 2 Peter chapter 1. More advice, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things though you know and are established in the present truth. Are you established in the truth? Do you have a zeal for it? If you are willing to be intensely zealous for God, 
Listen to this next advice. And if it applies, obey the command implied. Revelation chapter 3 verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. If you've lost it, repent. For those who would be zealous for God, Jesus is of course our perfect example. When he was a boy, his parents thought he was with the group, if you remember the story, and and rode a whole day without him. But they found him in the temple. And it says in Luke chapter 2 verse 49, Jesus said to his parents, Why do you seek me? Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Jesus was about his his father's business. Even his family didn't understand. Are you about your father's business? Even though your family or your friends or your co-workers or your classmates don't understand... They can't wrap their mind around you because of who you are and what you stand for. Because of who you serve. If you are, you're not alone. I personally know some of you who are about your father's business and your family doesn't understand. What was his father's business? Well, we find that answer in Luke chapter 4, verse 42. Now, when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I've been sent. He must, we must tell everyone who will listen the good news about Jesus Christ. And people trying to hold Jesus back. They tried to hold him back. People tried to keep him in in one spot, but Jesus' zeal could not be contained. Will you tell others of the church? Will you tell others of the gospel? The Hebrew writer gives this advice. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, For our God is a consuming fire, serving God acceptably. Jesus was going to be about His Father's business. His Father's business is your business too. He made sure He proclaimed the kingdom to all that He could and it was His his intense desire to accomplish the work before Him. During His earthly life, Jesus was distressed until the the work was accomplished. Luke chapter 12, verse 50. And Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 9, verse 4. I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. There is to be a zeal in the life of of a Christian, an intense desire to see the work through even if it means we must suffer. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 that He was going to build His church, not churches, His church. There's only one. 
And because of His church, verse 21, Jesus had to go to Jerusalem. It says He had to suffer many things. It says that He had to be killed and He was going to be raised on the third day. He suffered, so must we. Verse 24, if you want Jesus, it says, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, if you want Jesus, you take up your own cross and follow Him. There's lots of nails. There's lots of nails, folks. There's plenty of them. There's plenty of room for you in Christ. As Christians, to have a responsibility and zeal for God means a zeal for lost souls. It says in John chapter 4, verse 38, excuse me, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white with harvest. Will we open our eyes for God? Will we wade into the work for God? You know, sometimes I feel like I'm poking a possum with a stick. Paul told the Roman Christians, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry, if by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. I'm provoking you. I'm meaning to do it. So that maybe you'll be saved. If it feels like I'm poking you with a stick, I'm doing it. Right now. Will we wade into the masses of the lost? Will we wade into the masses of the unsaved and 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 22 become all things to all men that by all means we might save some? Now, I don't believe we can be overzealous for God, but, but sometimes our zeal Sometimes our zeal can be misplaced or even evil. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus healed a leper. And He warned him in verse 44, See that you say nothing to anyone. But the healed man, he, he told everybody. He told everybody. Now, now in Mark chapter 16, verse, verse 15, the restriction about telling folks about Jesus was lifted. We are to tell everyone. But wisdom still must be used in places where the name of Jesus might get you killed. And because you die, others don't get to hear the name of Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This leper, he talked so much though, that Jesus, it says couldn't openly enter a city, but had to stay in the deserted places. I'm not saying in any shape, form, or fashion to be ashamed of the gospel, but I'm saying that wisdom can be prayed for, James chapter 1, verse 5, 
and used to further the kingdom of God. And when we don't obey the laws of the land or the laws of the higher law of God to spread the gospel, well, we have misplaced zeal. Misplaced zeal showed up in the garden where the Lord was praying before He was crucified. And those who would arrest Him came to do so. And a fuller picture of this event is found in all four Gospels where we read that Peter, in his zeal to protect the Lord, pulled out a sword and chopped off the ear of the high priest's servant. His name was Malchus, if you remember. He cut off his, cut off his ear in an attempt to protect the Lord. Peter thought that might makes right, and because it's the Lord, it was okay for him to do so. And Jesus told him to put away the sword. Jesus said that he had to drink the cup. And if he says that if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And Jesus says in Matthew's account that he could have called legions of angels. But he must fulfill the Scripture. We must not further the cause of Christ with a gun or a sword. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 20, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And we are to pray for our enemies, not try to kill them. You know, thousands of souls could have been saved rather than destroyed if over the centuries man had not forced Christianity on others by the sword. It's the peacemakers and the persecuted who are blessed. Matthew chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. Also, there are many who have a misplaced zeal for God. Because they have a misplaced belief system. Jesus said of the Pharisees in Matthew 23, verse 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win, o, to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. I remember going on a mission, I remember going on a mission trip to Russia. And there was a group of missionaries on the plane. I was going for a week. They were going to live there for two years. They taught, these missionaries taught, that all you have to do is ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and you'll be saved. What a waste of time. Two years. What a waste of money. What a waste of energy. How many do we know who travel great distances and proclaim a watered-down gospel? How many do we know who are even willing to die for their watered-down gospel? And they win folks over with their misguided doctrine and their ignorance of God's Word, and it's just perpetuated. They make them twice as much a son of hell as they are. And many times, these misguided zealots, they know the right gospel, but because of unknowns, they refuse to teach it. 
which will propel them into the category of a false teacher. And that's evil zeal. That zeal is evil. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 6, before he was baptized, his misguided, misplaced overzealousness had him persecuting Christians. And just before this admission in in verse 2 of Philippians chapter 3, he says, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation. Some of you are just the opposite. Some of you are just the opposite. Instead of misplaced zeal, you've misplaced your zeal. You have the truth that the world needs to know in in the palm of your hands and you won't tell anybody. Many who call themselves Christians are dying for lies and you hold the gospel in your lily-white hands and won't tell anybody. Don't want to get my hands dirty. Brother Shockley has described to me those in the church who say that no one is good enough, no congregation is doing everything and right, so in their zeal, just quit. That's misplaced zeal. That's sinful. And it will cause them to lose their soul if it's not repented of. There are also... There's also the misplaced, well, evil zeal of the busybody. The gossip. One who gossips just to stir up stink. Not to help. Just to know and want everybody else to know. Sometimes they think they're helping. But hurt is the only fruit harvested. If you have a problem, Matthew chapter 18, if you have a problem with a brother, you're supposed to go to them, not everybody else. Allow me to chase a rabbit just a minute. I've been looking at this. I've been looking at 1 Corinthians and how Paul told those in the book of 1 Corinthians things that he had heard from Chloe's household. Now, was Chloe a gossip? Was Paul a gossip because he kept on telling them what Chloe's household had said? What was done was to edify. What was done was to provoke folks to goodness. What was done was to purge the church of evil. And there's a lesson there that Chloe went to an authority. We have elders in our congregation. And it should not go to everybody in the congregation. But if there is something that may be detrimental to our fellowship here and may bust this church wide open, it needs to be known. It needs to be known in a loving, it needs to be known in a right way. We have 
We have example of it. But if you're gossiping just to gossip, if you're gossiping just because you don't have anything else to do and you're tearing people up because of your gossip, well, let me tell you something. You need to be purged too. You know, in my zeal to see many of you walk down the aisle, I could lie to you. I would love it if I just had everybody walking down the aisle when I called for baptism or I called for prayers. I would, I would love to see that. And I could lie to you to get it. I could lie to you. I could say that all you have to do to be saved is pray a prayer. Just come down here in the front, kneel down and, and pray a prayer. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and you'll be saved. I could, I could say that. But no matter how loud nor how zealous it came out of my mouth, it's still a lie. Still a lie. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. A lie won't make you free. Half-truth won't make you free. Let me say this. Zeal apart from the truth is evil. Zeal apart from the truth is evil. Here's a worthy saying. And it should be the battle cry of the zealous. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Paul is, is speaking to the Jews and how Jesus was a stumbling block to them and how, how they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. How many do we know? Sincere people, good people. How many do we know? Out of their mouths comes love for God. They say they love God. They sing they love God. How many do we know? But they do not know the truth. They are zealous for church boards. They are zealous for the pastor system. They teach baptism as an outward sign of an inward grace. And in their misguided truth, they baptize for the dead. And they, they in their misguided zeal, they promote other books as inspired as the Bible. They teach musical instruments are just fine for worship and that faith only saves. They apply the misguided terms of... of they, they apply and misguidedly apply these terms of pastor and reverend to men and women who do not qualify. Fountainhead. And all those visiting, all those listening today, we must be zealous for God, but our zeal must be based on knowledge. The knowledge of God's Word and the truth of God's Word. Because the ultimate goal of our zeal is Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We serve a wonderful God and should earnestly and intensely desire to serve Him. Paul says in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, God wants all men to be saved. And he's, 
He's given us His grace, a free gift. What is this free gift? Well, it's salvation. Like Jesus, we, we must be about our Father's business. We must be about our Father's business. His Word must zealously be proclaimed, and as His special people, we're to be zealous for good works. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. While it is still day, we must work for the night that's coming, because there's going to be a day. And this is a huge reason why we need to be zealous to please God and get the Word out. There'll be a day. I don't know the day. But there'll be a day when Jesus Christ will come back and those who have not obeyed the gospel will be lost. With all the zealousness and all the love in my heart for each and every one of you, a zeal based on knowledge, Truth. This is truth. Truth that says, and, and I say to you, with all the love in my heart, you must believe in Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Do you believe? You must repent of your sins. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Are you willing to do that? You must confess that Jesus is Lord. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10, and be baptized, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Armed with this truth, you can have zeal for God to obey Him. In your zeal for God, obey Him now or recognize and have zeal enough to repent. The lesson is yours. It's been my hope in my prayer as I've brought this lesson to you and studied it this past week that I could have impressed upon your mind the need for steady zeal. Not knee-jerk reactions. Steady, working, loving, God-centered, Word-centered, truth-centered zeal. If you don't have it and you'd like to regain it or if you have not become a Christian and you'd like to do so now and get busy in a zealous work for the Lord, won't you come right now as together we stand and sing?